I want to invite you to grab your beverages and come on back and take your seats as we continue with our time together this morning. When we were in the cafeteria, that callback was even harder because if you remember, it was in the foyer and there was a full-on glass partition and doors there, so we could never get anybody back in uh, from coffee and connection time once we got into that in the cafeteria. Uh, but we had a great time, and it was so neat to see. Uh, thanks to Curtis Cottrell for working uh, tirelessly to call all of those photos from all of those different places and those areas. It was neat to see a uh, testimony of God's faithfulness demonstrated uh, visually to us. This morning, we really want the focus uh, to be about God, about what he has done, about who he is and how he has been faithful to us. And so we've asked some people to share some stories of their own encounters with God's faithfulness uh, through Jericho Ridge. So I'm going to ask Gord Fleming to come up, and Gord is uh, going to begin. Gord is a national director of C2C, which is our church planting network here. And uh, Gord and Marcy were part of the launch team. And so I was looking back through minutes that Gord and I had worked to put together in 2004, and your name and my name was all over the agenda and uh, moving things forward. And so Gord has been an uh, integral part from day one in our launch team and was a part, he and Marcy and their family here at Jericho Ridge. So Gord, why don't you share a little bit of memories and then give us a challenge for the future too, what God's doing. Great. Well, thank you. Good morning. It's good to be here to celebrate with you 10 years. It's just amazing to me to think that it's been 10 years, but thank you, Lord, that you are building your church as you promised, and indeed the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Yeah, yeah I remember back at uh, North Langley when we were praying about uh, planting and daughtering a church, and Brad and Meg were on staff, and just, Lord, is this your will uh, for us to just continue planting and multiplying? And as you know, we at North Langley, a group of us uh, volunteered. I think there was 60 of us or so that said we will give a, a season uh, to attend this new church plant. Uh, and so uh, Marcy and I uh, moved our uh, membership temporarily and became part of this uh, launch team at Jericho Ridge and uh, setting up and, and uh, putting things together so that we could see a new expression of the body of Christ uh, planted in Willoughby. And it's just thank you, Lord, mm -hmm. to see how the Lord has blessed this church and continues to bless uh, this church. And I, I know you know there's just such a need in Canada. As Brad says, I give leadership to a church planting network. We plant churches from Halifax to Victoria. I just got back last night from Winnipeg. We were meeting with about 100 pastors and leaders and just challenging each other to keep the church on mission. I know you know there's like 35 million people live in Canada, and the vast majority of Canadians don't know Jesus. Over 30 million Canadians don't know the Lord. And so we just always want to keep the mission of the church at the core, at the center of who we are as the body of Christ, to just introduce people to the life-changing power of our Lord. And I, I want to encourage you as a church to keep that center for the future. And when we're doing our 20-year celebration, uh, should the Lord tarry, that we'll see triple the amount of people because of all the baptisms that have taken place and maybe the church plant that you planted a few years in the future and say, thank you, Lord, that you're just continuing to build your church in Langley, British Columbia, and across Canada. So, yeah, greetings on behalf of the Canadian Conference of Mennonite Brethren Churches, about 65,000 MBs across Canada that worship on a weekend. Uh, but together, we're just standing with you as we celebrate 10 years of God's faithfulness. Thanks, right. Brad. Thanks, Gord. 
I want to thank you for the leadership too that you provided because right in that season where Jericho was beginning and birthing, you were making a transition into this role and God uh, brought those things together in a powerful and unique way and will continue to do so in the future, I'm sure. So thanks for being a part of that journey with us. You know, we have some greetings that have come in from different places. One of the aspects of Jericho's DNA is to be uh, concerned not just with Willoughby here, but as Gord mentioned, with our country, and also with what God is doing around the globe. And so we've sent out, over the course of the last 10 years, 10 different expressions of mission uh, in the life and to the different parts of the globe. And so we have a video greeting uh, from Howard and Kara this morning that they wanted to uh, celebrate with us. So let's watch that now. Hello, Jericho Ridge. I'm Howard. And I'm Kara, and this is Anna. And we <laughs> live in Central Asia. And we just want to say congratulations on 10 years. What um, an exciting milestone. And, and we're grateful that we can represent you to people in Central Asia who have never heard the gospel. Um, keep up the good work. It's great to be a part of the same family. Bless you. Bye. Too <laughs> uh, fun. Too fun. <laughs> uh, it's a great thing to see Howard and Kara. They'll actually be back for ministry in North America with us beginning in late November of this year, and we'll have opportunity to encourage them uh, as they continue on mission where God has called them. I'm going to ask Joel Schachter uh, if he'd come up. Uh, Joel and Sharon and their family were a part of the team here at Jericho Ridge uh, that began 10 years ago. And uh, if you heard Tyler, Joel's son express uh, just a little bit about what Jericho's meant to him personally in his own faith journey. Thought we'd also give Joel an opportunity to express that. Joel is part of our early elders teams here at Jericho and provided leadership in a number of different ways. And so, yeah, thanks. Uh, if you give me a mic now, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was kind of going through this morning in my brain, like the, the whole thing. And it's a little foggy because, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting on. I got a lot of stuff going on in my brain these days. So, I got to reflect and focus back to the beginning when it was all started. And I remember our, the first meeting we had to discuss uh, the plant, uh, and it was in the chapel at, at North Langley Community Church. And yeah, as, as Gord mentioned, there was probably, I don't know, 50 or 60, 70 people in the room, and some were just interested to hear and, uh, what was going to happen. And we were one of those. Sharon and I came in, and we were just kind of saying, well, I was curious. Let's see what this is all about. And, and uh, somehow we said, well, let's do this. And we did. And I remember our first service so I'm going back here, and remember, I'm going to talk about the past, and then a little bit about the present, a little bit about the future. And so I remember the first service here at Mountain uh, Senior, and in the cafeteria. And, you know, it was a tight little group of people. We were excited, a new, new thing happening, and um, we, were, uh, yeah, we were starting off trying to figure things out. And uh, we got a very nice financial gift from uh, North Langley Community Church in the beginning to help us, uh, you know, sort of cover anything that might have come uh, up front that we didn't realize. And so a little bit of a contingency fund they set us up with. We were very thankful for that. They helped us out. Um, and then we grew, and we continued to grow. And all of a sudden, we're busting out of this cafeteria. And uh, we had to move into the gym, which was a good double the size uh, and maybe more. And so I remember setting up these big black curtains along the back of the gym sort of to, to give us a little more warmth to the to the room and, and the lighting that we had to set up and the speakers and all that was fun 
and then taking it all down and packing it into this truck like a Tetris box. It was just everything had to fit in the right way or that door wouldn't close it back. <laughs> and then we had to trailer it away and store it for the, till the next week. And then one day we get this notice. Uh, we literally had weeks to move out of Mountain Senior Secondary. They didn't give us a year or six months. They gave us literally weeks. They said, hey, really sorry to tell you this, but we need to have the gym because we're going to do some, I think it was a major renovation or yeah. something. And they said, we need you to move out of the gym so you won't be able to meet here anymore. And how are we going to move a church in weeks? And, and I saw God's provision. I saw God come through in a huge way. Because we just started having, we had had some talks with the township, but uh, there was nothing sort of solidified. But then all of a sudden, the doors opened, and we were talking to the township, and they were very favorable. And we got an incredibly good uh, reception with them, and we partnered with them in, in this facility here, and we uh, were able to uh, move our church over right on time and just start uh, in this facility, which, you know, a lot of churches would would die for this kind of facility to have uh, and so we, we you know it was a God was in there and he was big time and that was a, a real expression of his love for us and of this church and, and the plans he had for us in the future um, yeah and then we were starting to see you know as, as, as we grew again the staff team was growing and uh, I, it was exciting to see how you know Brad and, and there was Keith Reed and Mike Olenek Tammy Smethurst Ruth Ellen Crosley Miriam Falks Eleanor France and John, I can't remember all of those guys and, and, and the elders that were started with us from the very beginning. Just as we all grew and, and uh, prayed together and worked on, you know, how we were going to serve each other and serve our community and serve the, uh, the uh, globally as well. And uh, it was exciting. Um, we saw elders and their wives and ministry leaders all rolling up their sleeves and digging in and taking part in, all, in multiple areas to, to help uh, because we were a small church and everybody had to help and as much as they could and uh, it was nice to see and uh, just the camaraderie that formed around all of that was exciting and just I loved it uh, we you know th that was a good time there was, there was other times too where you know we each personally had things going on in our lives whether it was a death in the family or a sickness um, broken relationships financial hardships and, uh, and and it was nice to have a family like you guys around to support pray for us Pray for each other, um, support us in all tangible ways, not just in prayer and in showing your love, but in, uh, in financial ways as well for people that needed it. Uh, and there was lots of things to praise. But we had an enormous amount of babies, and they continued. I don't know what's going on here. It must be the water uh, in the uh, in the restrooms here or something. But uh, we, you know, just the growth of the babies, the new babies, kind of including our very special grandson Theodore, who who is a uh, joy of our life right now. And we're looking forward to a few more. Lindsay, where are you? <laughs> she, she escaped the room. Um, anyway, we really appreciate uh, the prayer and the counseling and the tangible support we've, uh, we've seen and, and that we've been able to be a part of helping with others. We know this is God working in each one of our hearts, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's just a joy to be a part of that. Uh, the other thing that I remember, I, am I used up my three minutes yet? Okay. <laughs> Personally, when we started up, uh, we started up. My son Tyler was—he uh, was unmarried. You know, he wasn't even baptized at the point, and and uh, my parents were alive, and I had very little experience in, in any leadership roles at that time. And uh, I saw God stretch me and our, my family in, in a role. For, I was—I played a role as an elder for a season. Uh, he he uh, allowed me to go to Guatemala twice, 
Thanks, Ralph, for <laughs> and Curtis for uh, for those uh, experiences and and just how God stretched me in those areas. Um, yeah, it was, that's the personal part of it. I, uh, the other part was a, there was a men's group that formed almost I don't know how long ago, Ralph, ten years ago, my, well, anyway, a long time ago, and we're still meeting and uh, it's great accountability. Uh, it's good teaching sometimes, some good laughs sometimes, and some crying occasionally. Um, which I know is, you don't say that too often about men, you know, having a tear or two. But yes, that happens occasionally. It was uh, so that accountability group has that I've been meeting with for ten years has been uh, quite a blessing to me, and um, I just look forward to it every week. And uh, it's six in the morning, by the way, if anybody wants to join us on a Wednesday. And uh, and then I got to see my son get married and and uh, to a lovely lady, Lindsay, and have our first grandson. Um, see him baptized. It was just awesome. And Brad was officiating at, 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 at Tyler's ceremony. And now I, I get to see my son as an elder, which is, I never thought I'd experience that, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, I just want to thank everybody here for, uh, these are some of the highlights uh, that I've experienced while I was here. Uh, I still am here, still plan to be here for a long time. And I, th- I see the future for us here. It's, I think it's bright. I think it's exciting. I anticipate watching our, our grandchild grow in his love and understanding of God, who he is, and what, what God's plan is for him, uh, what God's plan is for me and Sharon for the rest of our stay on this earth, and uh, how we're gonna, how this church is going to engage with the community and globally uh, and just uh, help us each grow. So, yeah, I'm excited, and uh, I'm really happy to stay and be here for a long time. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Joel. One of our uh, core values is transformational truth, and it's our orientation to the scriptures and to God's word that forms a foundation for who we understand God to be and how we understand our mission uh, in the world. And so it's been our privilege to partner and look at God's word going out to different parts of the world. And this last summer, we had Jung Hoon and Pearl Lim back with us from Malaysia working in Bible translation. And so they've sent uh, just an anniversary greeting and birthday greeting for us to watch as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Jang Hun Lim. When my family visited JRCC in 2005 summer, the church was only a few months old. But the church was very vigorous in worship and eager to reach out the community. We were very uh, impressed by that and decided to join the church. The church life, such as Sunday school, Sunday service, and community services, and also cell group, really nurtured our spiritual journey strongly. And at the end of 2007, we were commissioned by the church as overseas missionaries. I think it was first uh, overseas missionaries of uh, JRCC. Since then, we have uh, served uh, minority language groups in Southeast Asia. Uh, for Bible translation. I believe that Bible translation is church's responsibility and we are working as part of JRCC. May the Lord continue to bless you and use you for his mission and renew your vision for his kingdom as you celebrate 10th anniversary. God bless. And as we go into the future on Wednesday night, our mission team will actually be meeting with John and Anita McCarthy and praying with them and getting them on a uh, 
on a runway and ready in the next year to head out with Wycliffe uh, to Papua New Guinea. And so we're excited to continue to stand with people that are being raised up and sent out globally uh, from Jericho Ridge. I want to ask Al Thiessen if he'd come. Al's going to reflect a little bit on uh, his and Herta's journey here with Jericho. Al was also a part of our uh, early elders team and has been a wonderful support uh, to Jericho and to uh, Meg and I as we've gone through these last 10 years. Yeah, it's amazing these early elders that are showing up here. <laughs> it's actually a bunch of old guys, isn't it? <laughs> When we moved to, when Hurt and I moved to Langley uh, 16 years ago, uh, we went to North Langley Community Church, and we were part of a, a home group that was led by Brad and Meg. And so when the church had this vision, and people were following this vision that God was placing in their hearts about planting, we thought, yeah, we'd like to become a part of that. And uh, so we, we joined that. And uh, it's been something that Hurt and I have had a, a lot of joy it's one of those decisions that uh, we didn't regret. You know, sometimes you do something, you go like, oh boy, that wasn't worth it, or that didn't work out. We really uh, had a lot of joy in uh, supporting the church here uh, with our time, our talent, and our finances in whatever way we could. And uh, one of the things that has been interesting to me, though, in the journey is over most of our lives, Hurt and I, we were the ones that were able to, to give and to participate and help others. Well, starting in 2011, the Lord had a little other ideas for us. First of all, I had a heart attack. So that took me off the elders. It took me off a lot of other stuff. And it was like, boy, that was weird. And like, I wasn't on my calendar. Uh, and so then, you know, you just sort of go through a year and sort of get yourself going and go, okay, maybe I can figure my life out in a new way. And then the Lord decided that my wife should have have cancer. We're not sure if that's how it works, but he allowed that to happen. And so that was another couple of years of journey. We're still just recovering from that. But one of the things that I found interesting is being part of a church in a different scenario in our lives. And so one of the things for me was that coming to church, the best part was the music. And I didn't get up and sing very much. I sat there and I just allowed it to wash over me and encourage me and be with all the other people here and, you know, it probably didn't look like I was having a good time. It was really important to be part of a church and not be able to do anything because you weren't able to and just enjoy the healing of the music, uh, particularly the music and, and the fellowship. And the preaching was okay, you know, along the way. <laughs> but at that point in my life, that's not what I needed. And so, you know, you always think that that's the important, which it is, the teaching. But there's more to it than that. And I was, got a different insight into that as the Lord took us through that. I also have really appreciated the staff that we've had over the years. And as I've sort of mixed with them, gone to the office, meet with them once in a while, being on the elders, I don't know if the church staff has a motto, but observing what they do, I would say this is their motto. Uh, Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me the purity of heart so that I may honor you. That's what I see in our staff, is that they're desiring to be what the Lord wants them to be. So just hang on to this while I turn my page okay. here. And 
And just as a, a challenge to us as a church, and as we've talked about and Gord was talking about, God is in the transformation business. Mm -hmm. We've all experienced that. Yeah. And so I would just encourage us that are part of our church, let's use our gifts, our time, our talents, so that we can uh, see JRCC call, follow its call to be an ambassador for God's love, Christ's love in our community, in our neighborhood over the next 10 years. And as a closing prayer for us as a church, I would like to read what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in uh, the second chapter of Ephesians. This is what Paul is saying to them as a reminder and to us. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There's something for us to do. Let's just use what we have and get it done. Right on. Thanks, Al, uh, for that, and Gord and Joel for that uh, challenge. We want to invite you throughout the course of the morning to add your thoughts and reflections to that. Uh, we've got poster boards and tables scattered all throughout uh, the banquet hall. And so if at any time you'd like to get up and move over there and write a note of God's thankfulness or thankfulness to God for the way in which he has shown his faithfulness to you personally or the way he's shown his faithfulness uh, to us as a community, then we'd invite you to do that at any point uh, during the morning. I'm reminded of our Bible memory challenge verse for this week, which is Psalm 115 verse 1 which says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all of the glory for your love and for your faithfulness. I think in an anniversary or birthday, it can become a little bit myopic and focus on all of the great things that happened and, and um, nostalgia, but really this morning, we want the focus to be on God and what he has done in and through and what he is continuing to call us to do. So I was telling a friend uh, that it was the church's 10th uh, birthday celebration and I was explaining that uh, as we rounded this corner of 10 years and we were gonna flip the chapter over into the new chapter, chapter 11, and uh, we were going to uh, make sure that, you know, chapter 10 had, had been a bumpy ride, but I was excited for us to enter into chapter 11. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Brad, I'm from the States. Um, do you know what it means in the States when someone says they're entering chapter 11? <laughs> he says that it, there's a different meaning, I think, than what you're talking about. In the States, when we talk about chapter 11, we're excited about chapter 11. That means you are declaring bankruptcy. He says, chapter 11 in the U.S. tax code is the code about how you dissolve organizations and declare bankruptcies. He says... Uh, I think you might mean something different about that. Uh, I said, oh yeah, I think I do. But you know, bankruptcy, right. That's where you actually declare, you enter into a state where your assets are under the control of another individual, a higher authority, someone who gets to make the decisions instead of you. 
And we both had a good laugh about my misuse of the phrase entering chapter 11. But I began to think about it a little bit and began to think about that phrase, not in a financial sense in any way or organizational sense, but in a spiritual sense. What would it look like to live in chapter 11 spiritually? Chapter 11 might be the best and the only place for a church like Jericho to live. Because in some sense, it does not matter whether the church is 10 minutes, 10 years, 100 years old or more. If at the controlling influence of the church is not Jesus as the center and we give all authority and decision-making to him, then we have the wrong posture. The posture of every church should be chapter 11. Because when you go into bankruptcy, you take that position and say, I'm here to declare everything I have, everything we own is not mine to manage. I will willingly submit to the plan that's laid out for me. And as individuals and as a gathered community, if we don't do that day by day, moment by moment, year by year, we don't stand a chance of seeing lives transformed, our own or lives in this community or around the world for eternity because the church is called to live in chapter 11. You and I are called before God to submit to chapter 11. We've been in a teaching series this spring at Jericho in 1 Corinthians and we've been exploring what it is that Paul wrote to the church in that first century city of Corinth. And I wondered, as I thought about chapter 11 uh, and bankruptcy and what that would look like as a a posture, I wondered what it might sound like if 1 Corinthians chapter 13 was personalized for us at this anniversary Sunday. Because 1 Corinthians 13 is really all about Paul declaring bankruptcy on everything except one, and that is love and bankruptcy on things that would keep us from understanding and living out a true and deep and wide and high call of love that God has for us and for others. So I've taken the structure of the first few verses in 1 Corinthians 13 and applied it to our context here at Jericho Ridge to invite us this morning to declare bankruptcy on several items that might keep us from following our call and from following God and submitting to him. So this morning, we're stepping into a chapter 11 posture by declaring bankruptcy on mission drift. Here's what I mean, looking at the text in 1 Corinthians 13. If it might be written to Jericho, it might sound something like this. You know, if Jericho sends out missionaries to the ends of the earth, but we don't love each other, we don't love our neighbors well, we might have a lot of great stories, but we will have missed opportunities that God expects of us to seize. And we'll be held accountable for those things. Last year, we spent time together seeking God and asking for a fresh picture of his heart for us. And that phrase uh, that was developed became our vision statement, which has been, I think, lost in the muddle of this past year. And the question that drove it is, what does obedience to God for Jericho look like? And we said this. We said, we see a community of people depending deeply on God 
caring radically for each other and extending hope to the seeking and seeing lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not so much a strategy as it is an attitude, a posture. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that strategy is not important and valuable, but what I am asking us is, where do we place our primary trust and confidence? Is it in our carefully laid out plans? Or are we deepening our dependence on God and what he's calling us to in the Holy Spirit? This week on Wednesday night, we're calling together for prayer. And Ali's going to lead us, and we're going to ask God and pray for those that God has given us to reach around the globe. And so I want to see lots of people there praying as an expression of depending deeply on God in this time and season in the life of the church. Because we're stepping into chapter 11. And when you step into chapter 11, you declare bankruptcy on putting on a show for the benefit of other people. You see, if Jericho had the resources to buy the whole of the Langley Event Center, fill the Arena Bowl every single weekend with concert quality worship and lights, but we did not do it from a heart of love, it would be cool, it might be fresh, but it would not change a single life for eternity. I love the way that we put this in our strategic outcome statement. We said at the very last one, number five of five, we want to commit ourselves to measuring properly. And why which we mean, we see people responding to situations of everyday life with appropriate definitions of success. Measuring their accomplishments as individuals and measuring our accomplishments as a church by kingdom metrics, not by suburban expectations. You see, what can happen is when we step back and look at things and think about year 10, what does that look like? What were our expectations back in 2005 when this started? What did we have pictured in our mind of what God was going to do? Oftentimes our mind gets drawn to things like how many people are on a Sunday morning. But that's a suburban expectation. Oftentimes our mind gets drawn to comparisons of other churches and say, well, when did they start and how big were they by this time and where did they go on their journey? That's comparative metrics, not by kingdom standards. If we ask the right set of questions, if we measure properly, we begin to explore what are the things that God is calling us and I thank God that we have been able by his grace over the course of these last years to send out 10 different missionary partners nationally and internationally I thank God that we've had the opportunity on our staff team to have 18 different people over the course of a decade that we've been able to release many of them into full-time work and service in different parts of God's kingdom we've had 21 people on our elders team over the course of this last decade that have been faithful in depending on God deeply and challenging us to grow and to pray and be faithful to God's unique call for us here in Willoughby and Clayton. And so our questions ought to be, are we depending deeply on God? Are we growing in those aspects of our core values? Are we growing in generosity? Are we growing in authentic community? 
Are we growing in our understanding of what it is that God is calling us to in faith and in service? And I believe there's lots of work for us still to do in these areas, but I'm convinced that we cannot do it in our own strength. Maybe we've been trying. And if so, as we walk into chapter 11, the next thing we declare bankruptcy on is human effort. We're going to declare bankruptcy on human effort. You see, if every single person at Jericho Ridge spent every single weekend serving and loving every single person who is poor or under-resourced in Langley and Surrey till every single need was met, Oh, we could brag about it and there would be lots of applause, but if it was done in our own strength, we would have accomplished nothing of lasting value. There's a new stirring here at Jericho in this last season, a new heart that I believe that God is birthing in us and through us, and it's still emerging, and so we don't know fully what that looks like and where God will take that and what he wants to do in and through us. And so we as elders are taking this season to just slowly pray and discern what it is that God has in front of us as we move into year 11 and beyond. But we want to take that posture of depending deeply on God and on his spirit. Because Paul says at the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 13, he says, you know what, you could accomplish all kinds of stuff, but at the bottom of it, there's only three things that will remain, and that is faith, hope, and love. Faith. Faith is a confident trust in God's goodness and his saving mercies. Al reminded us that God has saved us not because of what we have done. God has called us on mission here at Jericho Ridge in Willoughby and beyond, not because we're so special. God has gifted and called you to a place, to this place, not because you're so amazing, but because he has things for us to do, and we have to step out in faith and confident trust that he will continue to lead and guide us, and that's hope. Hope that abides and remains is a conviction that God is leading us into his preferred plans for the future. And they do not look like the plans that we sketched out in launch team meetings and preparations. They do not look like the plans that we sketched out at full partnership with North Langley in 2007. They don't look fully like the plans that we had in mind even 18 months ago. But we have a deep hope and conviction that God has a plan and a purpose for us here. He has placed us in this community and this time in history for a season what does that look like for us well at the base of it it's love love for one another love for God that spills over into the lives of others around us a compelling and life transforming encounter with God and the love of God that equips and strengthens us and flows out of us into the lives of people all around us and church this has been a hard season for Jericho. There's been a sense of grief. There's been a sense of loss. There's been a sense of pruning. But one of the things that I am convinced of is that God continues to be faithful. And God continues to lead and guide us into the future that he has prepared for us. And we may need to just take a season and rest and rediscover the incredible understanding of God's love for us as a community of faith and begin to pour that out into the lives of people that he's called us to touch. Knowing deeply God's love for you and for the church means that you do not keep that 
to yourselves. You share it with those that God has placed you in contact with. And so as we transition from chapter 10 to chapter 11, it's a bit of a crossroads for us here at Jericho. And it is an anniversary Sunday and it's a time to look back, but it is also a time to look forward. And a time to look forward and ask God for greater faith that he is at work. A sense that he will sustain and guide us, continue to lead us, continue to strengthen and equip us and pour out his love and his faithfulness on us. And so Ron and the team are gonna come and lead us in songs that express that heart for us. And we've got the faithfulness wall all over the banquet hall here. And we did something very similar to us. You saw it in some of the pictures and in our fifth anniversary. We began to write about events that God had led us through. And then we stepped back from that and we titled it and the wall was titled God's Faithfulness. And so we want to continue that as a tradition where we honor God by speaking and naming out those things that we believe that God has demonstrated to us and given to us as a deposit of his faithfulness. And so you might write out on there something that God has done in your life in the last 10 years as you think about his demonstration of faithfulness to you. You might write out a prayer on there that's uh, for the future that you believe that God has to lead us into as a church as we go into chapter 11 and beyond. And so I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to invite you to stand with me and we're going to move into a time of responding to God and his faithfulness to us in worship. God, you have been faithful to your church over and over and over again. And so we are at this moment expressing our gratefulness to you, God, for that. And as we step into chapter 11 and beyond, God, I'm here today on this anniversary moment to declare bankruptcy on self-reliance, to declare bankruptcy on all things done in our own strength, and to say out loud yet again to you, Father, our prayer is that everything that Jericho is and has ever was and ever will be, anything we have accomplished in this decade, anything that we will accomplish by your grace in the future is yours, Father. We give it to you because it was never ours to begin with. You have entrusted us, Father, with a charge and a mission. And so, Father, we declare, and again, that you are Lord over your church. You are Lord over decision-making. You are Lord over leadership. You are Lord over reconciliation and relationships and evangelism and worship and teaching and equipping and finances over every area of ministry, Jesus. We declare chapter 11. And we say collectively to you, Father, and to each other, God, we need you. We need each other, and we need a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, God. We are ready to depend deeply on you, even though that may scare us, even though it may feel like an unfamiliar position to some. It might be overwhelming, but Father, we trust that you have been faithful to us in the past, and you are good. Your unfailing love endures forever and your faithfulness will continue into chapter 11 and beyond. And so we rest in that, God. We draw strength in that. And we want to be people 
who speak that out, who write that out as a way of expressing, Father, all that you mean to us and all that you are guiding and leading us to. And so we thank you, for you, Jesus, for your faithfulness to us in this place. Continue to lead us on.